Sadly enough, that's all we can do. All we can do is pretend that we scored a goal because we just don't score on the road. Yeah. But yeah, with nice. that, we welcome you to episode number six, Men in Pink. Four goals on the road all year. Another shutout last night. How are we feeling, Chris? I mean, it's not good. I mean, it's not not that something great was expected against one of the top teams in the, in the East. Uh, but, you know. It is what it is. You hate to see them lose. For sure. So we got to going to cover that game. Also, also going to cover Cincinnati. But before we got into that, I wanted to talk about our experience last night. Obviously, it was a road game, so we were looking for a place to watch the game. And I will take full responsibility. I was irresponsible. I just assumed that all sports bars or restaurants that showed sports games would be giving a local team's game. Yeah. But I was wrong. We decided to go to walk-ons. Now, Chris, when we got to walk-ons, what did they tell us? I mean, they told us that they don't have local channels. I mean, who does that? I mean, they, they do have local channels, but they didn't have, what, what is it, UPN, Channel 33? Yeah, 33. How could you possibly not show a local channel's sports, sporting game? I It, I, it was mind-boggling to me that I showed up, I waited, I sat, I asked for the game, and at that point... What am I gonna do? Get up and leave? The game had already started. And they have like they have like 50 plus TVs in that place. It was incredibly frustrating. Now, at that point, Chris and I started debating something. He decided he wanted to watch the game on his phone. <laughs> I can't do that. I need to watch it from beginning to end. At that point, I had already missed like the first five or six minutes. At that point, that's it. I missed the first five or six minutes. I DVR'd it and I waited until I got home. Now, Chris says he can't do that. I would love to hear from other people to see if, how they would go about the situation. I decided to just completely ignore my phone, all social media, and I ended up watching the game close to midnight. You know, I I, I kind of was thinking about that yesterday, and I thought to myself, it's crazy because sporting events are made to be watched live. And if you're watching yeah. a sporting event, an event um, you know, after the fact, you're like, you know, not giving yourself the ability to be like right there when it when it finishes, you know? Uh-huh. But I mean I, it's ugh. look, I, I wanted to still enjoy our, our time out because we went out with a group of friends. So yeah. I didn't want to ruin it for everybody. We came out with our families and all that other stuff. So I decided to just completely avoid all social media. And I mean, at one point I found out the result. Because I kind of heard your son tell you what the result yeah. was. I try yeah. to act like I didn't hear it. Of I course. wanted to come home and make pretend like maybe I was going to be surprised and maybe they actually shocked and, and won. But no, I already knew the result but before then I started you watching. You didn't miss anything. Yeah. And, I mean, I didn't know how bad the loss was. To my surprise, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. But I guess we can get into it. Now, before we get into the actual game, you watched it. What did you think yeah. of Yankee Stadium? Well, I just thought it would. I just thought aesthetically, it didn't look great. I mean, it what? looks horrible. Um, you know where the cameras were looking. I'm assuming that there's no fans behind the cameras. I believe there are. I mean, if there are, Jesus. I mean, it's 
the the views I can I can imagine are brutal from the seats. It's, it's, I mean, um, it's a diamond. It's a it's a diamond, and it has the field yeah. right across it. So you have pockets of fans that are extremely far from the field, depending on where they're sitting. Yes, and I I mean I, I at some points in the game I saw the I saw the you know the foul the pole. You know, I saw the mountains, the, the foul pole. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I saw Monument Park out in the background. It's it's a definite eyesore. But when yeah, it came it to the actual game, I mean, I know that you're big on how we build up our offense. Right. So I guess let's get yeah. into the game. You you like that we have speed on the outside, but that I was mean, basically I, null and void this game. It was. And I think that's one of the biggest, uh, especially Phil Neville. It seems like he emphasizes on having the speed on the outside, uh, getting the ball in from the outside instead of working in the middle. You know, Pozuelo is, you know, coming into the team to help us out with that, but I think it's a little too soon to have him play Superman at this point. He's got to get comfortable. He has to gel with the team, so. And I, I felt like at first they were having, obviously they couldn't build. It's going to take adjustments, right? You could tell NYCFC, it's like one of the real home field advantages. Because yeah. I would assume it takes – that's the first time we ever play in Yankee Stadium, I believe, at Inter-Miami, that is. So it takes some adjustments. And it, you could tell NYCFC is used to playing in a very uh, tight space, you know, passing yeah. the ball within the midfield and building up plays. For the most part, it looked like we were just, at first, just trying long balls. And when Iguain is – I mean, I'm not going to bash Iguain anymore because, you know, he's yeah. been playing a lot better. But when you're trying to hit a deep ball to Iguain down the, on the opposite side of the field, it just it wasn't working. It, it didn't look effective at all the first 10, 15 minutes of the game. You know, it seemed to me that they were playing on what what, what are those fields, uh, the field that we just played on recently? Uh, the indoor field? Ago. Oh, those, yeah. Those, mm-hmm. those little five-on-five little quick competitive mm-hmm. fields. I, I, I wish I – the name escapes me. I know that there's a specific name and, and – Football fans are going to be killing me for this Fu- one. Futbolito? I don't know. I don't know. It might be Futbolito. I just call it those indoor fields. Well, those that that's what it seemed like that they were playing on yesterday. Just a well, real small like my, field. And it looked like Miami was lost the first 10, 15 minutes. Uh, yeah. And in the 12th minute, NYCFC finally scored. But I want you to tell me what you thought of that first goal because at least Inter-Miami fans, obviously, NYCFC fans, not so much. But everybody was up in arms about the goal. Now, they it, were up in arms about the goal is because, I mean, this is the only time I noticed Pusuelo on the field yesterday, honestly. And so he got, right here, he's attacking the middle. He 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 puts a through pass, and then it just gets – he just gets it from the side at a, at a really hard angle. Um, oh, Maxi. <laughs> well, look, look. Well, in the beginning of this – you could tell Pozuelo got fouled right here. You're going to see Pozuelo got pulled oh, yeah. back. No, that wasn't Pozuelo. That was Mota, wasn't it? No, that was Pozuelo. Well, whoever it was, they yeah. got pulled back. Now, that was right in front of the ref. The one thing that annoyed me about this play is that you can't just assume – now, that was Pozuelo. You can't just assume that the referee is going to call the foul, as obvious as it may be. Because as you can see here, he got pulled back, and then immediately they stopped playing. Pozuelo, instead of fighting for the ball – because right there, you can tell he's being pulled. Yeah. Yes or no? Yeah, it was a bad call. It was a bad and, no and, call. And the referee is standing there. But because it was such a blatant foul, they just stopped and assumed that it was getting called. NYCFC did what they were supposed to. They kept they ran playing the ball. Now, I do think 
at that angle, I was surprised that that ball went through Drake's legs. I thought Drake should have made that stop regardless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could see why he played the ball that way. And my, my son has actually been practicing playing goalie lately. And so I, I could see that he probably made the play that way. So that way, in case there's a bounce off, he can be able to kind of play it better uh, instead of dedicating his whole body to the ground. Uh, but yeah, that, that was a tough angle. Well, and Drake didn't have one of his better games. There was a, a play uh, in that first half where he basically gave the ball to Tati Castellanos and Tati took the shot from right outside the box. It could have been an easy goal. Drake yeah. had a rough day yesterday himself. Uh, he's still working on that footwork. He's, you know, he's better hands than feet, but that was a rough start to the game. Uh, but if, I felt like after that, I don't know what it was, but I felt like Inter Miami kind of settled down a little bit. And they started building up their plays a little better. And surprisingly, I felt like they built more chances. Now, I heard some people talking after the game about how, how rough they looked. But I thought that they played pretty well after that first goal by NYCFC. Well, I'm, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. I think Calendar is going to make out to be a really great goalie for the team. Um, oh, for sure. So I definitely look forward to him developing big time. Well, uh, well, I, I did see that. Inter Miami had some good opportunities, so that's that's always great. They did have some. I, I I'll pull up one right now where Iguain um, had the ball and um, he made a beautiful pass to Mota. Now trying to get the ball past Sean Johnson is no easy feat. Obviously, Sean Johnson is one of the best goalies in the country. That's why he plays for Team USA, right? And uh, he had a couple blocks there. One by uh, on Mota, one Emerson later in the game, but. I, I thought that one thing that was missing yesterday, and maybe it was something that I just missed, and maybe I should watch the game over, but I felt like Pozuelo was a real non-factor. At, at times, I forgot that he was even on the field, and that's surprising because he he balls when he plays against NYCFC. I believe in like 10 career games he has against NYCFC, he has like seven goals and four assists. Like He's like one of those NYCFC killers, and yesterday he was a complete non-factor in my opinion. I think it could also be that they kind of know what's coming with him. I mean, they've played him pretty often, and so they know that he is a killer. Uh, they know that he's a very good passer. So maybe they just cranked it up on defense for him and said, hey, let anybody else make the play. I mean, luckily in our in our regard, uh, you know, Iguain is a pretty good passer. So that pass, that, that pass shows you that he has eyes uh, as far as, you know, passing is concerned. When, when you see NYCFC play, you can tell that they have a lot of skilled football players or soccer players, I should say. They have a lot of skilled yes. soccer players. Yes. They can they can work well in small spaces. I feel like yesterday would have been the perfect game to have Bryce Duke and Pozuelo manning the middle of the field. But when you take him out and you have Mota in there instead. Yeah, that definitely would have worked out. Like, and, and, and Vasilev, I, I felt like we needed – I mean, we don't have a lot, I suppose, but we needed people that could uh, create for themselves and other people a lot more. And and we were lacking that. Now, it's a tale of the season where we're just performing really poorly in the first half. We have four goals. I'm sorry, not four goals. The last time we scored in the first half was on May 28th. That's almost two months ago yeah, since we scored our first rough. half goal. It's really long time ago. really rough really rough and i'm not sure why i don't know if they they start off slow because they're not engaged um 
I don't know if they, they feel the pressure later on in the game. If it's the sub, like we were talking about last week, when the subs come in, they come in with more energy or, or uh, Phil Neville is reading the game and then puts in the right subs at the right time. But you know what it is to not score a first half goal in two months? Well, and I think I think that they're sort of trying to find their identity. I don't know if maybe I'm wrong by saying that. But I mean, look, we're missing a big piece with uh with Lasseter playing on the on the on the opposite side of uh you know, on the left side, and we're we're missing also um, you know, Bryce Duke, he wasn't in the game. I mean, he wouldn't have started, I believe. But he would have came on the be- off the bench, and and I think he would have made a big difference. And you know, one thing I did notice is that we were missing some key defenders. Uh, you know, center back. Damian Lowe. Damian Lowe was out because of the yellow. Yeah, I mean, those, yeah, I mean, th- the fact that Damian Lowe was out of the game, and I think Mabibka. I don't think he started. He didn't start. No. Yeah, and so those two guys to me. Uh, they're they're amazing playing center back. I mean, I think uh, I think McVeigh has been playing more than Mabibka. Well, McVeigh, they've so. been running him out at, at left back a lot. Uh, yes, they, they slid him in. They slid him into center back for for low, and then they put Gibbs in at left back. Um, and back to what you were saying about Bryce Duke. Or we can get into the fact that some of the key players were missing. But I think yeah. Bryce Duke might have started. I think they might have started him over at left wing. Uh, I think that they might have, because they like to move him around. And having, like I said, having yeah. skilled passers and people that can create in a small space would have been beneficial in this game. We were missing yeah. not only Lasseter, we were missing Bryce Duke, which is a big-time player. I mean, he had the game-winning assist last game. We were missing Campana, our leading goal scorer, and our best defender, Damian Lowe. When you take into account that we're basically missing four starters, and I thought we looked okay against the defending champs i would i wouldn't say i I walk away happy because i wanted at least a draw but i'm not going to say that i walk away with my head down either like it wasn't an embarrassment well i mean i think this week really goes to show you that it it, it hasn't worked well for us and it's, it's funny because games before i would tell you that phil neville has so many people to pick from the pot and it seemed mm-hmm. like this game that we were so at, you know, slim pickings. I mean, we had to bring up an inner Miami, you know, uh, inner Miami player from Team Two, you know, Sean, I think, yeah, Sean Hundal. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, that goes to I, show you exactly where we were standing with with players. But you know what? At, at the point that we went down 2-0, I was really hoping that at that point, you know, I understand that you have to play it out, especially the way. Our team has performed this year. We've pulled out a lot of miracles late in games. Yes. So I understand that you can't just give up. But at that point, when you're down 2-0 after that Herbert girl late in the second half, yeah, I don't see why not just give him some room. At that point, Iguain has been tired. Iguain has been running. He's not. He's he hasn't played that much um, throughout the the season. So at that point, why not just put in Handel and see what he has. Uh, so I was a little disappointed. We did get to see your boy Noah Allen. I know you're big on Noah Allen, so he came in for Gibbs later yeah. in the game. So yeah, I Noah Allen to me great. is a great defender. He is, he is, and he brings the pace and the energy. Him along the left side with whoever's up top at the time. I think it was Emerson playing up at the left. I feel yeah. like that brings a lot of offense on the left because in the first half, it felt like all the offense was coming from the right side from Robert Taylor. Yeah, but 
Noah Allen and Emerson brought some energy on the left side. I feel like I would like to see a little more Noah Allen coming up. Now the second goal, the second goal that went down, I, I don't remember. I don't remember too clearly. Was it in the second half? It was because because that's that's a goal. That's another goal that to me it was man, it was brutal to watch. Well, I will tell you what. What um, I don't want to say it annoys me, but I feel like Yedlin has been playing. Uh, he, I find him deep into the box often on a lot of these plays. And I feel like the wingers for the other teams are getting a lot of easy crosses and passes into the box because Gettlin is playing so soft. And again, it, it's hard for me to criticize a professional soccer player, right? Yeah, man. Especially yeah. a defender. But but it, it just seems to me like look how deep he is into the box. Like look at the left side of that field. Yeah. That that winger has all the space in the world to, to bring in a cross or to, or to cross in the ball into the box the way he did and find Herbert on the other side. So – I feel like that's two games in a row where I feel like Yedlin is caught way out of position because look at where he is. Uh, but you know what? Uh, if looking at it from that point of view, maybe he's trying to mark the guy that's getting the ball. Yeah, well, I mean, for sure. But uh, it's just, like I said, it, it's hard to criticize, but I feel like he, he has been a little soft on his on his. Uh, well, you know, his, what uh, are the closeouts? One of the th one of the things that I was thinking about with with his play is he's a very fast player, his pace mm. is high, and so maybe he you know he relies on his speed and For not sure. not only on offense but on defense. So maybe he kind of catches himself where he's like, well, I can catch I up, can close probably. out, yeah, I yeah, can, I close, can it. close, I can out. close out, and then mm -hmm. by then it's gonna be too late. Because he is a really good defender. It's just that he is. He is. Sometimes that, his I, I strength it could be his weakness. The the last two games, I felt like, I, I felt like it's 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 happened to the detriment of the team because it's led to some goals or some some good chances. But again, I yeah. I love Yedlin. I love what he brings to the team on offense and yes. defense. So I, I'm not. I don't want to sit here and act like I'm criticizing him like too much. It's just I do feel like he's had a few plays and lapses over the last two games to have cost us but uh, uh -huh, go ahead no no i was gonna mention one thing that you know as far as as far as like uh, things that need to happen in, in my opinion with this team is i feel like at some point the identity the identity is going to be found as far as how the play is going to be in the center of the field i think that we have a good idea of how we push from the outside i feel like we're mm -hmm. sort of gelling into uh, figuring out ways of playing in the middle of the field to be able to set up and be a little bit more patient. I, I just don't think that this game was – I don't think that this was the right game in the books to give us the win. I mean, we were all hoping for a win, but it's 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 tough to really put put the, put the house on the game in this kind of game. Well, and, and I agree with what you're saying. Uh, there's a certain aspect of, of Pozuelo arriving where – I don't want to say that some people are looking to him as a savior, but yeah. I do feel like we are counting on him to finally make this all make sense, right? Like yeah. you are the person that's going to make this a well-oiled machine. But when you have somebody that you're depending on that much and they come to your team halfway through the season, it's, it's difficult to adjust and perform at a high level and expect so many things. Cause I feel like, I mean, I'm expecting him to make a difference, but I do understand that it's going to be an adjustment period, especially since he hasn't had a chance to play with 
Campana. He played with Campana, what, a half? Well, I think the expectations are just extremely high for for a kind of player like Pozuelo. I mean, you're coming into one of the most, you know, popular teams for better or for worse in the MLS. And, of course, you know, there's going to be eyes. Where's the difference? Are you going to make the difference immediately? Is it going to take... Like one game, two games, three games. The moment you get to four games, you're gonna have a lot of questions coming up. Is this the right signing? Did you, you know, did you, did you not strike while the iron's hot? You know. Well, I, th- I think he looked great in the first game against Barcelona. I felt like he was the only player that stood out as somebody that belonged on that field with Barcelona. Honestly, when yeah, I watched that yeah. game, Pozuelo, he, you could tell he could command the ball and, and he can keep the ball. So he looked like he belonged there. Not, not so many other yeah. players, but he belonged. But I felt like yesterday he was just a non-factor. But again, that is, it's just one game. And we got a big game coming up against Cincinnati. But before we get on to Cincinnati, any positives from yesterday that you um, find? You want to know what, what positive I saw in the game? What? The positive that I saw in the game was this right here. <laughs> it's Emerson's Emerson? strike on goal. Yes. That's the positive well, that I saw. <laughs> It was a hell of a shot. It was a hell of a shot. Well, it's funny. I was listening to um, Inter Miami podcast. Shout out to yeah. them. And one of the, I forgot which of the two hosts it was. I think it might have been Dan Harrington. But one of them brought up an interesting point about Emerson. He was giving him credit for that goal he scored, which was a great goal, a game winner, yeah. obviously. Yes. But then he, he brought up something that I hadn't considered. Is this good or bad in the long run? Now, what does he mean by that? Does Emerson let this game-winning goal get to his head and decide, oh, that's it. I'm a scoring machine. I'm going to take them all out, and I'm taking every <laughs> shot I can. Like, is that is that where that's going to go? It's possible. I, I could see that happen. He's a young kid. I mean, he was the hero. For better or worse, he was the hero that last game. So is this going to be a good thing or is it going to be a bad thing? I I That's, I'd Emerson's li- your boy, you tell me. I mean, I'd like to I'd like to I'd like to say that it would be I think I'd like to say it'd be a good thing because if you think about it, the cuz he's sort of in that winger slash striker area as he's far as the he's position goes. Yeah, he's, he's a, a winger. winger. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I I've seen him come in as a striker, but you know, that's very rare. Against Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think that they're trying to tease that. And so I think the players, for example, Iguain, you have um you have Lasseter, uh, you have uh you have Campana. I feel like he's surrounded by people that are pretty, you know, well grounded that don't let stuff like that get to their head. And mm-hmm. I'd like to hope that it's a good thing. I really do. Uh, um, he's he's so got don't, players around him a, that that are fighting. For you don't think you don't think he's about to go and one as soon as he gets the ball from now on? I mean, I I well, I hope and so. one mixtape. I, mean, I, I hope he does. Tape. I know yes, you. Mean, that's I what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I mean, I'm dying for that. <laughs> I'm dying for that. I I want him to take the ball and go five on one without <sighs> a shadow of a doubt. But yeah, yeah. I mean. I'm seeing more of a I'm seeing more of a team sort of play with Inter Miami, and and I think that's a good thing. I think it'll make him look better. I think that it'll open it up a lot of uh, opportunities for him. 
uh, I'm worried. I hadn't thought about that. Once I heard that, I was like, you know what? That's a great point by them. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm with you. I hope that he stays grounded. I hope that that the the benching and the way Phil Neville has kind of treated him this year kind of keeps him grounded. Uh, that was like you said, that was a good shot on goal that he just had here late in the second half. So we'll see how the the next game goes. Now before well, we get I, to the next game, uh-huh, I, I want to mention I want to mention one more thing before you get on to the next point. The one thing that does scare me is that if there is any player that would feel gassed up off of a goal, it would be Emerson. So I, oh, I, sure. I, I don't like doubt it. I just hope that's can, occur. Can can you think of another player on this team that might get more gassed than Emerson for scoring? Iwain, maybe. I think Iwain's a good option, uh, right? I don't it, know, it, man. No, big, he's he's been there. He's been there. He's been there, yes, but he knows. He knows. He knows how everybody and, and Inter Miami fans feel about him. Like he you know knows who I that, think would get that gassed? he's trashed. Huh. I think that John Mota would be would get gassed. You, if John Mota finally he, connects with one of those 40-yard 40 40 oh, yeah. shots that he takes, if he finally connects, I can mm. see him, and he'll take the next three 50-yarders. I can see that. Yes, he sure. would. That's a I good one. I see John Mota and maybe, maybe Bryce Duke. Nah, because Bryce Duke plays super aggressive. He's got a chip on his shoulder. I love like I love his his go getter attitude. Have you seen him speak? He looks like no, yeah, he's like super humble. Yeah, he's like he's very is he's very nice. But you know what? If you pay attention to some of the words that he says, under all of that, is like, look, I'm a freaking football badass like i'm here to kick ass and take names i remember an interview of him saying that he he sort of uh, uh sort of uh makes his game more like uh landon donovan because of the size and the sort of play and so i'm thinking to myself the way that he speaks it seems like he really thinks like hey i'm out here to kick ass and take names so watch me so i'm like if he scores a goal i'm thinking to myself this guy's gonna walk around you know, with 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 his with his head up his ass, but he's he's I I want him to get better too, man. He's really gonna be great. Well, he is, he is. I, I he has a bright future with us. Um, before I get off the NYCFC thing, I did want to bring up Tati Castellanos. That was his last game for NYCFC, and I feel like that yeah. is his career with NYCFC. Although short, he got in there like halfway through the season in like 2018. I want to say. He was there 2019, 20, and 21, and now halfway through this season. So altogether, if you put those two halves, it's four seasons, basically. And he went yeah. through, and he became – he came in, and he was you know, he was good, but he, like, blossomed while at NYCFC and became an absolute baller when the Golden Boot last year. And I, I see him and his career with NYCFC kind of came in as a nobody that nobody really expected anything from and became what he became. And that's yeah. kind of like what we hope Campana could be, right? We hope that yeah. at the beginning of the year, I heard about him. Okay, we'll see what he does. And all of a sudden, he became what we think is a baller. If he can do that for us for three or four years and then go move back up to the EPL or whatever it may be, that would be the perfect case for us. Like when I was watching yeah, Dati and the way the fans were cheering for him yesterday, I was like, man, I hope we get that with Campana one day. I, I mean, I hope so too, man. I mean, he's come out and he's he's shined brighter than a diamond. Uh, you know, and especially when Iguain was just in a funk, and and it kind of it, it kind of took Campana on the rise to maybe kind of like uh, reality check Iguain 
and it's you know more more playing time is being given to to Iguain and and it's paying dividends. Yeah. Well, now let's go to the standings. So we fell to eleventh. Now, as we're recording this, it's Sunday night. Atlanta's playing against the LA Galaxy. If Atlanta were to win tonight, we drop down to twelfth. Oh man! But as you can tell, it's a big cluster between the twelfth seed and the seventh seed. Yeah. Now, who is there on that seventh seed? Uh, Cincinnati. That Cincinnati, and we got Cincinnati coming up on Saturday, so that is a big time game. Now, before I get into this, I just wanted to make sure that I reemphasized how bad we are on the road. We have four goals yeah. on the road all year, but we are a great Good home stuff. team. We're a great home team, and we got Cincinnati coming in. Now, Cincinnati, luckily, has one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yes. And if you want to look, Cincinnati's last 10 games, they've won one out of their last 10 games. One Ooh. out of the last 10 games. So, oh, but they put a, they put up a lot of goals against NYCFC, man. Look well, at that. Yes. Well, that. I was, I, I was going to get into that. So they have only won one game, and luckily it was against Orlando because fuck Orlando. So out of the last 10 games, they haven't lost much. They A lot of draws. But again, yeah. their defense is so bad. Is that right? They 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 score, but they give up a lot of goals also. So we're lucky that we're playing against a bad defense. Why? Because yeah. that gives us a chance to get some offense going, right? We get Bosuelo going. Let's see if yes. we can get these things going. But their offense is sick. Okay. We played them already once. We lost to them 3-1 in Cincinnati. We had uh, what's this kid's name? Brandon Vasquez, I believe is his name. He scored a brace. He's two yeah. goals away from being leading score uh, goal scorer in the league right now. Now we have Brandon Vasquez. We have Luciano Acosta, which I'm going to get into him in a second. And they have this guy named Brenner, Brenner Saul uh-huh. or something. Now I the only reason I'm bringing up this kid Brenner, well he had a hat trick last month, but there's another reason I want to bring him up. I know Chris. For those of you that are just listening to the first time, Chris is a very selfish athlete when he plays. He likes to show a lot. Yeah. Uh, maybe an elbow pass like Jason Williams. Chris is a showboater and he loves players that showboat. So I'm going to show you a little highlight of your boy Brenner right now. Opportunity for the Brazilian comes up empty. Now Brenner kicks it himself, gets a shot up. Well, I'm talking about the piece of skill right here. not exactly what you're saying. Oh, that's a pretty play. Yeah, that is a pretty play. Here's the bicicleta. But he went nowhere. (laughs) But he went nowhere. But just with that, that would would probably be one of your favorite players. Right or wrong? Probably would. I mean, I'm going to look him up right now. So, Brenner, he had a hat trick last month. Brandon Vasquez has three goals in the last four games. And Luciano Acosta, he is... A baller. He is a number 10. He has seven assists in his last seven games. Now, what I wanted to tell you about Mr. Luciano is that he was suspended for the last two games because he supposedly got a little aggressive with the refs. Now, I'm putting up the highlight. If you guys are listening on podcast, you can uh, go ahead and look it up on YouTube. I'm showing well, the video ba- right now. He basically- went and he. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically from what I see here, I'm just going to rewind the clip here. 
um, you got one of the zebras pulling out a red card, and mm-hmm. uh, he's number ten, right? So he's he's basically approaching the ref. He starts talking to him. Ref actually stuck his arm out a little bit, uh, yeah, pushed yeah, him well, off with he, his he, left he arm. He grabbed his arm. If you watch yeah. the other angle, if you watch the other angle, Acosta grabbed him by the arm, and then you see right there, and then he stuck him away. Now he got a two-game suspension, so he suspended for the last two games, but. Of course, because we're into Miami, he gets to make his comeback on Saturday. Oh, so they man. have a three-headed monster. And I know you like to talk a lot about how you would like to one day see Higuain and Campana both playing striker. Well, that's how they play. They generally play a 5-3-2 with their two strikers, Brenner and Vasquez up top, and Luciano running the middle of the, as an attacking midfield. So they definitely have the offense. Now, we have to come out with some offense also because they have a bad yeah. defense. So that's where we're at right now. You tell me. What are you thinking as far as what you want to see from Miami this weekend? Well, I know one of the things that you wanted to mention was that Coco's in Miami, right? Yes. That he's in town. Yes. He is in town. Now, I don't know if I'm, that means good things about the visa, but I'm hoping so. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if he if he's in town and it means good things about the visa, then hopefully he can be able to come on and stretch the field, especially since we're hurting with Lasseter being out. Mm-hmm. With yes, which I I really would love love to see if we can get an update on on Lasseter. I just see that he he's just still undergoing recovery. Um, I mean, what I'm hoping for is exactly what I said, where we have a, a double headed striker attack and. We got Pozuelo sort of coaching, you know, uh, controlling the middle. Um, but then again, we got another injury in, in Campana. We don't know when he's going to be back. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's going to be tough sledding for sure. Well, I, I know that you brought up Coco coming in for the last hit out on the left wing. Coco is actually also a striker, so he can come in as a, as a backup striker for, yeah. uh, while Campana's out. Now, the only thing about Coco is I'm not sure exactly – how he's been doing to keep himself in shape. Because Pozuelo, because he was playing in the MLS, it's it's a quick, right? Like, I've been playing for the last couple of months with Toronto. Yeah. Boom, I'm ready to go. Coco, on the other hand, was playing in the – was it the French French League? I think it was the French League or the Italian yeah, League. Yeah, it could be. One of those European leagues. I already forgot. He was playing in the European leagues. So the season ended a few months ago. I don't know if he is ready to come in and play regular season games. Like right? conditions. Right. The European leagues are just starting their preseasons right now, right? Those friendlies that are here in the yeah. United States and in other countries. So I'm not sure if he's conditioned or ready to come up and put in big minutes. So once his visa comes in, I think he's still going to be a slow process to get him in, incorporated into the team. So I'm not sure what we've been looking like. But we will have Bryce Duke back. We will have Damian yeah, Lowe back, thank God. So I, I don't know. What are, you, what are you thinking? What are you thinking this weekend? Well, I mean, look, this weekend we're we're playing up against, you know, Cincinnati, 8 o'clock game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, finally, they're playing back at home. It feels like they haven't been home in so long. I mean, and, and they just they just played it here a week ago. Uh, but this, ah, man, it was, it was, this, this loss was brutal. Um, I'm, well, I mean, you want, well, you want my full prediction to... right now? Well, I pulled up the schedule. So just since you brought up. The, the home games, I will tell you that we have Cincinnati coming up. Then we have San Jose. Now, that's another bad defense. So we have two games going up against two of the worst defenses in the league. 
if our offense doesn't get rolling, if we don't score a first-half goal against one of these two teams, I, I, don't, know what, I don't know what to say. At that well, we point, just, we I, have I, to, I give up. We have to just get better in attacking from the beginning. We can't, we can't rest our laurels and, and being patient and setting it up in the beginning of the game. We have to set the pace. Well, we got that game on Saturday, and we're going to give our predictions right now. And I know Chris, uh, Chris's son, Jose, is yes. really big on Inter Miami also, and he wanted to come out and give a prediction also. So we're going to get him on here to give a prediction. So I yeah. guess I'll start as a matter off. of fact, uh, as a matter of fact, no, let, let's start it off with him. I'm going to go grab him. And, um, All right. you know, uh, well, well, first well, I'll start off. I'll start off while you go grab him. Right. So I got this. So, yeah. So Cincinnati, one of the worst defenses in the league, and we're hoping that Miami can get going. Now, with Bryce Duke back, I would assume that Bryce Duke gets in there a little earlier than usual, and we have him playing with Pozuelo up the middle because we need to create sh- chances for Higuain. Higuain up, uh, up on top for 60 to 70 minutes, hopefully not 90 like this past game, can benefit from Bryce Duke and Pozuelo looking for him and finding him. So what I'm looking for is for Bryce Duke and Pozuelo to be out there a little more together and maybe find Iguain for a goal. I do think that Iguain will get on the board. This te- this defense is, for the most part, one of the worst defenses in the league. They give up goals, but they also score goals. I see us winning a high-scoring affair, and I'm going to go 4-2 to two into Miami this weekend. Oh, wow, you're going big. Stadium. Yeah, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be one of those exciting games, and I do think we'll score four. Look, this past week, this past, oh, no, not this past weekend, the weekend before when we played against Charlotte, we should have had five goals in that yeah, game. Yeah, easy. And I feel like we are a great home team, a great home team against a poor defense that hasn't won a game in I forgot how long it is, one in their last ten. I feel like we should be able to capitalize we should be able to score goals. I think Pozuelo finally gets on the board. I think Higuain gets on the board. I feel like we'll have like a Mota might finally get on the board. We'll see. I do. I feel good. I feel good about this come this coming week. All right. So let's. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring on Jose so that way he can make his uh, quick prediction. I'm gonna go over with him while he stands in on the camera. Come on, Jose. So Danny says, come come a little closer. So Danny says that he thinks that this game against Cincinnati is going to end with Inter-Miami winning four goals to two. So what do you think about that? What do you think? Do you think that Inter-Miami can win four goals to two? Nah. What are you thinking, Jose? Give me your your prediction, Jose. I think Inter-Miami is going to make two goals. Okay, and what do you think about Cincinnati? They're gonna make like one. Okay, so you're you're saying going into Miami two, Cincinnati one. Yeah, yeah, It's it's in the books. So tell him what do you think? What do you think? Well, I think what? What do you think? Do you think it's gonna be two goals to one? Inter Miami wins. I think Carolina is going win. Bet. So it's in the books. Two to one, Inter Miami. Jose's got it. So we're both feeling good. We both think that we're going to come out with some three points here and we're going to be Cincinnati on Sundays, on Saturday. I'm sorry. You think Emerson's going to score a goal? Nah. What? He doesn't Who think Emerson's score? not going to. Come on, man. Emerson's going to have at least three goals, right? 
Um, Iguain. Oh, there you go. You think Iguain? So we got Iguain, two one Inter Miami. Now, what do you, what does your dad think? What what does Chris think? What? So ask your dad. What does he think? What is he gonna? What does he predict? I think. What do you think? I didn't hear the question. Well, you can't stay frozen. Well, you got to let him know what you think. You got to tell me what you think. We'll put Chris back on. Give him the headphones because he can't hear right now. Hi. Awesome. Thank you, Jose. Thank, Thank you, you Jose. In, okay. Seriously, that fast. Yeah, that, that fast. Say bye to the fans. Bye. All right. Give me All a right, second. Chris, let me let him thinking? out. Well, so what I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to yeah. let him out. Give me one moment. Well, while Chris lets him out, I, I guess he's in some type of bunker and he has to let him out. While he lets him out, uh, I got 4-2 into Miami. Jose got 2-1 into Miami. And Chris, knowing him, he's about to say 3-0 into Miami, all goals by Emerson. So, so yeah, I'm hoping that he scores all the goals. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, sure that that's what you are. So, so give me your prediction, Chris. I think, look, a 4-2 to me, it seems, I don't know, man. I mean, it seems like a lot, but then now thinking about how bad their defense is and that they allow, they've allow, they allowed, you know, a lot of goals. They've been on a bad streak. I feel like it look, can they, go. They, they've, they've allowed the fifth most shots in the league with 105, and they've allowed the fifth most goals in the league with 38. So they are one of the worst defenses in the league. But obviously, their offense is what keeps them getting all those draws. So our defense has to step up. But I, I feel like our offense has now opportunities to show what they can do. So this is where my prediction is going to stay in the first prediction I made on this show. Five okay. goals to three. Okay. I'm going so five going goals high scoring to also. three. I'm going high scoring game. Wow. Okay, that's, that's pretty high. Five. Okay. I'm going with two for Iguain. I'm going two for Emerson. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 let's just throw one for uh, we'll throw one for Vasilev. I feel like he might get one. All right. So I, I think I think Mota gets on the board, and I forgot to mention that they uh, Cincinnati has also conceded the most penalties in the league also this year. So oh, they're man. a mess back there. They're, they're a mess back there. So I think we might even get a, a shot from the spot at some point. I do feel good about this game. And I think that we're going to get those three points that we need. And we'll see. Because it's a big... We got lucky this past weekend. Because luckily, all the teams that are around us in the standings either lost or drew. So we didn't lose too much uh, uh, in the standings as far as points are concerned. But we need to start getting Ws. We need to beat Cincinnati. We need to be San Jose. Even though it's on the road, they've conceded the most goals in the league. Like We need to score against these teams. We need to beat these teams. And this is our playoff push right now. It begins now. We only have, I think, 12 games left in the year. Well, you know, I thought, I thought, I thought that our playoff push began with Orlando. Um, and then I said to myself, well, maybe the playoff push, you know, starts with New York, um, you know NYCFC, but now I'm I'm really thinking that this could be potentially the biggest playoff push 
um, especially since everybody sort of grouped in at the end uh, in the standings. I mean, I mean, if you look at it, we have in a span of eight days, three games. Yeah. Phil, Phil Neville said it himself. This is a, a nine point week. We need to get nine points here. If we can get these in these eight days, nine points, we'll be sitting pretty. Yeah, I believe so. so. It's, a, it's a big week coming up and we'll be here to talk about it whenever those games go down. But as always, it's been a pleasure, Chris. Thank you guys for joining us on episode six of Men in Pink. And we will catch you guys next week. As always, la familia no abandona. Later.